0: Welcome to the Internationalism Global Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram for more updates. Never be the same. Know the world beyond. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was thinking to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. <laughs> One to sentences in the thought. Don't worry, just do Anchor. With all the portals and everything in a sensible way, you get a benefit. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast.
1: Hello listeners, we are back again with the second episode of AI Now. Hope you guys will love it. Today we have the distinct pleasure of having with us Samiksha Shetty, research intern and Vedant Sena, research member at the Indian Society of Artificial Intelligence and We have on hand today one very eloquently written report that we shall be discussing about by Vedant and Samiksha, discussing the proverbial hot cake of a topic, the banning of TikTok. Firstly, I'd like to invite Abhijitan, sir, founder, chairperson, and managing trustee for the Indian Society of Artificial Intelligence and Law, to say something upon his take on the banning of TikTok. So, over to you. Alright, seems like sir has uh, got some technical issues. Alright, let's just let's just progress. So here we go. Vedha and Sameeksha. On 29th of June 2020, a decision was taken by the government of India to ban some 59 mobile applications. A huge outcry arose consequently. Some were in favor and some were against it. The banning was carried out pursuant. to section 69A of the Information Technology Act 2020. Sorry, 2000. Do you think that this particular provision is a threat to the personal life and liberty of the citizenry of India? And do you think it establishes a restriction on freedom of expression, since that's what TikTok users have been claiming they do? Um,
2: Hello, I'm your
1: Yes, you are.
2: Yes, you are. Go on. So the primary question on our hand is that this particular provision may or may not be a threat to the personal life and liberty of the citizenry of India. So, first of all, we have to analyze the situation according to the context and the surrounding that it took. It is nevertheless a very prominent point that this, uh, that TikTok has definitely been banned and it has affected a certain, number, a certain section of the population. But on the other hand, such an analysis has to be balanced with the international and the geopolitical context. This had been done in the background of Chinese incursions in the North. And in some sort of a geopolitical bargain or geopolitical trade or geopolitical balances, the Indian government decides to ban TikTok. As they read, it may hurt them economically and it may send out the geopolitical response that India is willing to take further the scenario and take further the lines of, geo- of war beyond the conventional front line between the soldiers. So in this very scenario, we have to keep in mind certain points. Uh, the point being that there is the government has not banned a single app, but has banned app across six, almost 59 or 60 mobile applications. So that covers a very wide area of expression of thought. So if it had been a single only mobile app that had been banned, it may have been taken as a sovereign decision of the nation. However, in this context, the sovereign decision also, uh, also conflicts with the civil, libert- civil liberties that we have on hand. So, in that context, there has to be, there had to be some sort of a balancing between. However, as to the provision of uh, Section 69A of the Information Technology Act. We have to keep in mind the judgment as passed in Anuradha Basu versus Union of India, where the Supreme Court not only held that the rules of IT rules are constitutional, but also uh, predicted to uh, also laid down the jurisprudence to a certain extent that the that the government can take sovereign action that prohibits or restricts fundamental rights so for these rights are com- these rights as a rational nexus and are proportional to the objective that it seeks to fulfill so these in my opinion is a balanced act because the government cannot arbitrarily ban a certain sub- a certain app or a certain mode of trade Therefore, there were not only issues of geopolitical nature, but privacy issues as had been covered in the TikTok report. TikTok has been involved in several such acts that puts the private information of the Indian citizenry in extreme danger of mass surveillance as practiced by the Chinese government. So that is, in my opinion, a certain balance that the Indian government had to strike and this geopolitical development only provided it a reason to do. That is, in my opinion, my interpretation of what has happened. All right.
1: So, uh, there was no particular balance towards TikTok in particular, but 58 hmm. other apps were also bad.
3: Hmm.
1: Okay. But but the thing is that we as Indians the the uh, higher part of the outcry is about TikTok and not the other apps because I know that another app called Mobile Legends again was banned which even I used to play so but mm. the outcry is all concerned with TikTok why
2: do you think is it so? Mm. Oh. There can be a certain insinuation that there is a presence of a nexus between the Chinese government, but it is very, it is very superficial in it, uh Superficial that it has been fueled by the Chinese government. But that is the point that I, w- I would not like to delve in. On the other hand, you will have to look at uh, to specifically and normatively analyze this. We will have to look at the, the range of TikTok and the amount of people that are currently using its plat, using its platform. TikTok is a worldwide app and india is so far the only jurisdiction which has decided to actively ban the app whereas in united states there is a very heated debate as to whether tiktok should be banned so tiktok has several has several privacy issues that has completely segregated it out against other apps that are in talk that are being discussed today tiktok has predatory predatory privacy policies it used to collect information at an unprecedented level and its algorithm was certainly made in a certain extent that collecting information and sub-localizing the data set was way easier than other platforms. And in certain way, that is the genius of this platform, that it can super, that it is very effective within a certain range of population, a certain range of age characteristic, gender, and it super specializes the content which makes them susceptible to targeted propaganda or targeted views. However, this is a this is a norm across several social medias where people who would want to hear a certain point are more likely to hear about it due to the algorithmic bias that the platform discovers to retain the users for a long amount Yes. That is nice uh, my opinion.
1: Even the Australian government had tried to take some access but they weren't able to and I guess India in that sense is a lead leader in this revolution. All right. I think
4: so. Um all right. Just to offer uh, the different standpoint on the issue. Um what Vedan said I absolutely agree with that this ban comes um Not standalone, but it's a ban on 59 apps and it is um, concerned with the bipartisan issues at the border that's ongoing between India and China. However, um, the the balance between Indian fundamental rights and um, these concerns has to be struck. And in the press release issued by the Ministry of Information Technology, um, it states these reasons of national security public order which haven't been um, explained uh, substantively or um, in a detailed manner as to provide a uh, comprehensive reasoning about the ban now article 19 21 and 14 from the golden triangle which um, which isn't uh, suspended even in emergency situations automatically now um when these rights are being suspended uh, when these rights are being affected uh, due to the ban on tiktok although it's not just a ban on tiktok it has to be explained it has to the due procedure needs to be followed and um, the detailed procedural route needs to be explained in my opinion which has not been done yes exactly so there is a contestable uh, argument to be made that it does infringe on the personal life and liberty of the citizens and on their freedom of expression.
1: Yes, exactly. But then perspectives. Well, that brings me to the second question. With reference to the procedural implications, do you think that the Indian citizenry has a right to know the exact legal procedural route that was taken by the Indian government towards the banning of these 59 applications? What rules are needed to be followed for such banning to take place? That is, what provisions
2: are there? I'm audible. Yes, yes, yes. So, regarding this, there are two views that uh, can be accommodated in this regard. First of all, we have to take a closer look at, we have to take a closer look at the information technology procedure and safeguard for blocking for access of information by public rules 2009. So in these rules, the government can only geo, uh, geo-block a certain app or a certain uh, a certain software through uh, section 6- 69A of the information technology app. Under the uh, Section 69A of the Information Technology Act, the rule has to be substantially followed under Subsection 2 of the uh, subsection, subsection 2 of 69A. In this regard, there has to be a designated officer so assigned, and the designated officer so assigned will have to take a will have to take cognizance of the request from a certain ministry from a certain agency under Rule 6 of the rules now after it ha- the cognizance has been taken the rule seven of the uh of the rules come into the play so as to fulfill the judicial principle of audi alteram party so within 48 hours of such uh, uh, cognizance given to the uh given to the request the Designated officer, uh, the committee that is so uh, that has been so formulated by the designated officer will have to accommodate the alternate view of the uh, of the representative or of the person whose who software is being blocked or whose app is being blocked before within twenty eight hours before the committee, which is jointly constituted with the joint secretary. However, we also have to take into account. Rule nine and rule nine inserts a non obstantive clause against rule eight and rule seven. so it kind of gives rule nine an overriding power over the earlier rules. However, the overriding power in itself is not absolute because in such a scenario they will ha- the officer the, the officer who is under the impression that any such delay in accommodating the action will lead to uh, is is not fruitful or the situation is of an emergency nature where delay is not acceptable the government will have to substantially reason and identify what and relate the amount the reason why such a act has been taken such a measure has been taken and why and why, and the nexus with the reason of it taking place. Therefore, it the government is therefore empowered. But however, your specific question can be answered via rule 16, where requests and complaints are to be confidential. But how can this confidentiality plus the reason, the nexus and the and the reports of the committee and the recommendations are not included. Moreover, this is supported by the judgment of Sri Ram Jaitan versus Union of India, where the, the state is obligated to disclose info to satisfy right to remedy under article 32. First of all, we have to be sure that a foreign entity can exercise article 32 and article 226 of the constitution of India. Therefore, in the case where their rights have been substantially being challenged or damaged by arbitrary actions of the state, they have a right to be informed how they have a right to be informed as to any information that does so. Therefore, in my opinion, it is it is an obligation upon the government of India to provide every possible reason in order to fulfill their constitutional rule.
1: Alright. So uh, you talked about Anuradha Vasin versus Union of India. Well, in Ar- Anuradha Basin versus Union of India, the Supreme Court held that the principle of restriction should be congruent to the proportionality standard. Do you think this instance of restrictions being put into place embodies the spirit of the same decision?
2: Uh, I would like to draw a similar. Uh, parallel line with the inclusion of due process and the uh, due process of law and the due procedure established by law and its provision in india under article twenty one it is substantially laid down that the system, uh, uh, under article twenty one it is substantially laid down that no nobody shall be deprived of his personal liberty, except according to the procedure established by law. We have to, st- we have to focus on the fact that the Constituent Assembly uh, knowing each side included the procedure of due process of the law. So that excludes any normative, that sort of excludes normative Interpretation of any law of the laws that may be applied to deprive a person. however is not completely positive, or uh, positive analysis in nature, but it uh, there are certain residents in India that allow the person to make the to deprive the people of their fundamental rights according to the procedure established by law and the courts in many cases have been complicit and complicit in entertaining appeals that strictly adhere adhere to the legislature's intent. Therefore, as per the Anuradha-Bhasin agreement that the restriction should be congruent to the proportionality standard, so long as it adheres to the principle of due procedure, so long as there's a procedure and there's a, uh, probable and uh, good nexus established between the objective that is being seen, that is trying to be achieved and what is and what are the reasons that has been provided for achieving that certain objective. In that view, the restriction somewhere or the somewhere has been fulfilled according to constitution provision because. There are certain objectives, and the uh, reasons have been super stated. However, the livelihoods of the people will also have to be taken into the matter. Therefore, it makes up a fairly complicated scenario where the Supreme Court in the upcoming days will have to carefully tread around to find out the best possible solution in this matter. Okay.
1: Uh, so, samiksha you want to say anything about
4: this? Um, Not specifically. I think Vedant has covered all, pretty much all of it okay. in this topic.
0: Okay.
1: So, what were, uh, what were the grounds for concern about a social media application and platform such as TikTok, where teenagers and young adults mainly, along with other age groups, were creating content and were expressing themselves and even earning money off of it?
4: What happened? What was the whole deal about the The uh, data and privacy concerns along with the national security issues were the main reasons for this ban. And as Vedant mentioned earlier, this ban is not uh, does not come alone. It, uh, it's a ban on 59 applications. And it has to be seen in that context. Um, This can be seen as an impediment to Article 21 rights as you mentioned earlier Um, and in my opinion the focus should be on procedural aspects concerning the decisions which we already addressed. Um, The impediment on freedom of expression and economic opportunity of users might be redressed as Indian apps of similar nature, provide an alternative platform for expression of views. However, it, it is in no way comparable to the size and reach of TikTok. And banning of TikTok might have some uh, adverse implications, such as a disconnect between Indian, the Indian society, the Indian masses and the global community. This move also sets precedent, showing the government's ability to make such moves. Um, Although in this case, it's the tensions at the border and security threats that are the driving force. Um, As of now, this ban has to be seen as a specific ban on Chinese apps and analyzed in the context of border disputes. According to me, um, these concerns will only be amplified If further bans on apps from other countries are also imposed, creating a digital firewall, which could then lead to a disconnect between India and the global audience, and it could also be a threat to net neutrality. But as of now, it's not um, a large it's not a large impediment on content and expression. although it does impose certain restrictions, which uh, can be considered reasonable as there are reasons for the ban.
1: All right. So lastly, what do you think the implication of the seed banning is for the Indian economy, if any? And what limitations should be further placed to make sure that such situations that demand impose restrictions and banning are kept in place?
2: oh um, uh, hello uh i think samisha will be able to answer this more efficiently and there's going to internet issues in oh yes, yes yes sure then i guess
1: we i'll be just
2: mm-hmm. sure. however if i go to put my personal view uh i'm according to the uh project the economic situation will not be bad but if Tech uh, talk and such are being banned I think Samisha will be able to better yes so,
3: and uh,
1: what do you think the implication of the safe banning is for the Indian economy if any and what limitations should be further placed to make sure that the situations that demand impose restriction and banning are kept in pain? um
4: Right, where was I cut off? Cause... Okay, there are several impl- implications on the economy due to the tick
3: Uh, perhaps there is a network issue. Not a problem. Uh, she'll just join shortly. Not a problem. All right, so while we're waiting for her to join back,
4: sir, uh, uh, I would like to request you to give your take upon the TikTok
3: issue. Um, hello? Uh, I think let's like, complete it, and then I will come. That will be fixed. Samiksha, go ahead. Yeah,
4: I'm so sorry. There is a network issues. Right. So there are several implications on the economy due to the TikTok ban. Some of these positive, some of these negative. Now, um, delving on the positive aspects, um, due to the ban on TikTok, um, it opens up uh, opportunities for variety of Indian apps that can use similar consumer AI strategies to enter the market. This is, however, contingent on their ability to compete with foreign apps of similar nature that may also um, that may also compete in this um, area. But as of now, apps like Chingari have been gaining popularity um, and uh, have um, done exceedingly well to replace uh, to fill the gap left by TikTok. Um, further, concerning the regulatory costs of this decision, um, the costs are. Uh, predicted to be comparatively low as most people are likely to comply with this move due to the bipartisan concern and concerns and nationalistic sentiment Um, now the negative impact might be a blow to investor confidence foreign investor confidence Um, specifically Chinese investors and traders uh, due to which the Indian economy on could take um, could be affected substantially um it could lead to apprehension among other foreign investors as well due to the sudden nature of the ban um as for your question of what restrictions should be further placed in my opinion regulatory mechanisms and strategies should be preferred over governance strategies because firstly it acts as preventive mechanism reducing the need for intervention in the first place Um, And further, they are more uniform, easier to enforce, more efficient, it's all written down, codified, and provides exactly the um, criteria, the requirements for the compliance, which uh, would um, increase investor confidence, increase uh, more apps in the domain.
1: yes so
3: your turn sir okay uh thank you so much well i really appreciate all the views that have been given with regards to the due process of law and uh, i should say the civility of the ban, it means how the ban was uh, procured and taken into consideration i agree that there's a whole set of loopholes with regards the uh sagacity of the golden triangle and the relevance behind the ban um people say that and this is something which is my opinion uh academic opinion i would say uh people say that it is related to geopolitics and the Galwan valuation um yes but not that much because uh in, even if we see the current ban which is of uh tencent games uh, pubg in india because tencent games actually procures pubg in india PUBG is not Chinese, it has, I think, South Korean. Uh, Now things have changed. I think Tencent Games is not giving the contract for PUBG in India. So I think something might happen in order to comply. Now the issue is that uh, in a common law system, we think that there is something called the idea of precedence. Uh, And in a parliamentary democracy with a common law system, we believe that if any such action is taken by the executive or the parliament or the judiciary for that matter, Then, in a common law system, it's very important that the precedents work well and they are set up right. Okay? Uh, In this case, um, our problems are actually different from the US. Why? Because in the US, um, which is a very liberal democracy, uh, with both uh, of its uh, liberal and conservative understandings of rule of law and legal procedure, and uh, and anthropologically, it's a very developed country in terms of cyberspace, I believe, um, the u.s has its own capabilities to see forth the cyber security aspects because i don't think it's now an issue of soft power anymore it might be an issue of hard power Why? Right? because uh in terms of soft power anything can be an issue related to the golden triangle because of the simple fact that be it for example if it would have been any other app from russia russian federation and we know that russians are very uh <coughs> i should say what tenacious and uh, scrupulous when it comes to intervening in foreign affairs for various countries or for that matter public affairs like the Hillary Clinton debacle in the US during that election in 2016 or for that matter hmm, the accusations or, or towards the Chinese consulates with regards things happening so um, now the important thing here is that if it would have been a Russian intervention just giving an example doesn't mean it just related to Russia or any other country for that matter then the scenario could have been different. So here we need to understand that, uh, yes, geopolitics has a role, but what India has done, and I think there is a lack of um, consensus in the field of international cyber law, and not much in constitutional law. Because for our for our uh, conditions in India, the thing is that we don't have a particular law. Now, the data protection bill is out in the parliament, but the, if you read it, most of the provisions are of that sense, which are copied from the DPR. And uh, the IT Act specifically was related to e-commerce operations, which I think based on the OECD guidelines related to e-commerce and cyber security for that matter, um, which are related to it, but uh, taken a lot of inspiration from the European GDPR, the current uh, Personal Data Protection Bill, which is in the parliament for now, is actually based on it. Now, the the interesting thing is that in this ban, um, we can say that uh, the golden triangle is being affected but one important thing here is that uh, economic resilience and economic liberty is something which more or less and this is my opinion the state should never control neither should influence so yes i agree that uh, tiktok's ban has an economic influence but at the same time it is also about the ethos and this is an issue of anthropology not of law and i think that is somewhere down the line uh, judges, parliamentarians, and uh, the IAS officers need to need to understand this part. That yes, you need to ban, but uh, who should then uh, uh, create the alternative? So there's also an issue of economic resilience and uh, protectionism is the rise, but uh, there are certain legitimate reasons. For example, net net neutrality is being affected, but uh, there are some very credible reasons, behind. and the reasons are that, for example. <coughs> And this is a shocking uh, reality, Uh, liberal countries, typically liberal democracies like Denmark, even Nordic countries like Sweden and Norway, they are also acting protectionists. They also do some particular uh, curbs. They also do actually encourage a lot of cybersecurity measures in order to, you know, prevent uh, cross-border transmission using algorithmic activities and whatnot. Um, If you see the geopolitical context, I don't think it is the Galwan Valley issue. It is the, advent of uh, three different actually four different actors um in cyberspace which is the rise of 5g governance and uh, the colonization of internet which is you know there's a word known as splinternet so splinternet is the next avenue of internet because russia tried to do it it failed in 2017 but uh, india usa and the european union is are trying to do now let's understand With, in, within india the largest competitors with regards to telecom sector, which actually summits, uh, Mukesh Ambani's Jio, Reliance Geo. And in the US, it's different actors, right? Um, you have Ericsson, you have Nokia, you have all of them, um, which are from the EU. And interestingly, while the European Union actually drafts some very good rules and has a very good understanding with regards liability framework on data protection issues. It does not have an identity and understanding. Identity has nothing to do with rule of law here. Identity is all always about political realism and decency. And I think that also drives the way rule of law works, which is a problem for European Union with India. The thing is, it's a monopoly for geo. but I think maybe more actors should come up, you know, up front. They should do. But currently the thing is like, <clears throat> U.S.'s protectionism is different. India's protectionism is, is different. Uh, European Union does not have a protectionism because, you know, Europeans, uh, specifically in the Central European region, are concerned with Huawei. So it might be a case that Huawei will be uh, banned in European Union in the coming days. So this was something which will take time. Now, oh, now uh, let's get a little bit on the international side of law and then I'll end this portion very swiftly. In international law, if you read the Talent Manual 2.0, uh, you will find some very interesting guidelines. Uh, mind you, Talent Manual Two Point Two was created by CCDCOE, which is a NATO-based think tank, Means uh, formed by the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, Western allies, Europeans plus Canadians plus the Americans, USA. And uh, <clears throat> the approach of NATO towards this is very, very different from the EU's approach. And that is the interesting thing that, okay, you need transparency, you need net neutrality, but you also have certain uh, state actors and non-state actors all around the globe, which are actually against net neutrality in a sense that uh, they clone identity, they clone originality, they also influence cultural creativity and sometimes I would say economic liberties. And I'll give a very simple example. Um, for example, TikTok uh, and Facebook. Now the problem with these uh, apps, and I'm not talking one in the sense of ban, in the sense of economic liberty, Is that if you go for advertising work in Facebook and TikTok, there is no guarantee, and it is an anthropological question, not a legal question, that alternative views or alternative marketing is appreciated. Now, it is not related to politics. It's also related to normal things, which can start from anything to anything, and it can be for different individuals, actors, NGOs, or whatever. And that is a problem which is with these apps, that when you create technology to provide social media, you do not become media you do not become the controller of the media that is there. Social media is always about an open internet, Their cyberspace is open for everyone, and anybody can do anything on social media, right? Twitter, Instagram, Vibe, whatever, Reddit, um, Facebook, name any. Even for that matter, Google. Uh, it's also for the same purpose. Uh, Wikipedia also used to be like that, but then Wikipedia is not a technology service anymore. It's a media agency in that sense, because it's having excessive control. It's ha- it does have its own community standards. So there is a lot lack of anthropological study, and preferably that's the reason why there is no consensus on international cyber law, in the sense that obviously we can't have a covenant or a treaty right now, Uh, it's impossible. Even if you check the measures of the United Nations, which is doing United Nations also does not have a uh, sense of clarity. And why it is, is because the UN does not have, the, the UN does not realize that protectionism is vital only for strategic reasons, And to preserve the ethos of multilateralism and liberalism, which is a part of rule of law and also constitutionalism in various mainstream democracies, America, UK, India, Japan, Singapore, which are liberal democracies, very thriving democracies, looming democracies, it's important that multilateralism is protected by plurilateral frameworks, bilateral frameworks, unilateral unilateral actions, provided that the unilateral actions are in accordance with international law. Uh, I think one accusation was made by the Chinese, Regards that, but I have I have no views on it because I think um, if it comes to competition, it still I think uh, would be a case against TikTok because of the simple reason that TikTok actually disproportionately causes a lot of dopamine uh, issues which is always an economic problem, and I think uh, that is also an issue with Facebook for that matter. Uh, Facebook uh, is very very uh, a survey uh, its infinite scrolling algorithms; they are not help- helpful and healthy. So I think. Yes, uh, we can say. it. Uh, I think very beautifully, of a panelist expressed about the due law or uh, the due procedure process of law, and I agree. But on the anthropological aspects, neither the judges, neither the parliamentarians, neither the so-called mainstream media, and neither the I should say the privacy researchers are thinking about this issue that if they really want to have net neutrality, then net neutrality needs to have respect for everything. Alternative views, alternative mechanisms, alternative means to economic liberty must be appreciated. Sadly, that is not happening. And and this is what the reason is, and this is one of the very biggest reasons why protectionism in cyberspace is happening. Obviously there will be a lack. And I can can tell you this similar analogy, Um, uh, why did uh, the League of Nations fail? And it's not related to that we might have a world war something like that. It's because the League of Nations had incompetent nations who actually tried to force globalization. But they were too much aristocratic. The UN succeeded because despite Cold War, America and its allies and also certain nations tried to rise out of it. Like, you know, I think uh, uh, you, for that matter, take Africa. Africa is also very good in frugal innovation. It's doing way better than India in certain aspects. But the thing is that it's about cooperation. It's about giving opportunity. So if for example, Africa gets protectionist. I don't know if it, it will be. The so African cyberspace is not that of necessity right now. I think because African cyberspace and their laws and their affairs and their identitarian aspects with regards diplomacy and strategy, not about politics, diplomacy and strategy, whether it is EU, whether it is India, have not emerged so far. I think they're trying to do it against China in some way, but it's still in the global South state. So that is my view. Anyways, I am, uh, I would very be honest that it's my opinion. And uh, I am not giving a legal opinion, I'm giving a policy opinion. So. It
1: might be of a different course. Thank you. Yeah. So, all right. It's been fun. Thank you, Samiksha. Thank you, Bridan, for appearing here. Thank you, Avibhardhan, sir, for letting me have this podcast. I believe the listeners will be as intrigued by the discussion as I was. Thank you. Stay tuned for the next episode. Happy Sunday and stay safe.